Hello and welcome to the December 11th, 2018 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast on a very cold, brutally cold day here in Mr. Joe's neighborhood. But weather aside, of course, it is always good to have you here with me, and of course, it's always wonderful to be out there with you as well. So... Where do we even begin? Well, obviously, it's been a few days, and I had plans on recording a podcast actually over the weekend, but because of the news that I received on Friday, I was so miserable, so down and out, which is really against all the rules and regulations in terms of my therapeutic podcasting um, that I do for myself based on the fact that I was miserable and I didn't even reach out to my audience. I mean, and again, selfishly to make myself feel better to talk about some of the issues that had happened on Friday, or at least one particular issue that got me in that mood to begin with. Well, nevertheless, I'm still in that mood, still not doing great at all. And there's a reason why, and I'm probably best suited to get right into it and uh, let you know exactly what the heck is going on here. So whether you want to call this reactive depression, clinical depression, whatever kind of depression you want, wackadoo depression, whatever it might be, Mr. Joe is absolutely 100% depressed, but in a very interesting way, one in which it has taken the exact same route as my depression when I was coming off of Suboxone the very first time. Now, what exactly do I mean by that? Well, here's what I mean. When I was coming off Suboxone that first time, um, the depression lasted 188 days. It was a nightmare. I started to feel some relief around day 106, but around day 106 in terms of the relief that I got, what the relief that was there was the fact that my depression was not lasting all day, every day at this point. What was happening was I was waking up depressed, but as the day went on, I was able to fight through that depression, probably because of the distractions that I had throughout the day, being that I was, had started a new job at that point in time. And ultimately, I was able to get through to the night. And, you know, as the night came on, because I was so anxious about falling asleep and the, the difficulty that I would have for that night in terms of falling asleep, I used to get very anxious about that. And it would ruin my whole night's sleep. And before you knew it, I was laying around, staring at the clock, counting the number of hours, sleeping an hour here, an hour there. And, you know, essentially up from three o'clock in the morning on until I had to go to work like an anxious lunatic. Okay, crying on my way to work each and every day. Now, Mr. Joe is not crying. 
thankfully. But I will tell you this, that I have woken up, today's Tuesday, in Mr. Joe's neighborhood, probably in everybody else's neighborhood as well. Um, <laughs> days don't necessarily change across our United States of America. Maybe times do, but days don't. Uh, this just goes to show you how off the wall I am. Um, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So we're on day four now in terms of what I would refer to as a, as a deep, dark depression that takes place in the morning time hours and slowly subsides as the day goes on. And believe it or not, I'm feeling actually, actually pretty good right now. Um, it's almost like I've forgotten about that depression that took place this morning. But when I tell you it is damn real, it is damn real. Now, going back to the clinical, reactive, wackadoo, whatever it might be, what is this depression from? Or is it simply just a bipolar thing? Well, I don't know. I'll tell you this, that I have two situations, one that I thought we had a solution to, which we clearly don't, um, which is my implant. Now, again, it does not hurt in the same spot that it did, but here we are going on a week, and while the pain has moved down to the tooth area, and it's not pain, it's pressure when I move my nose. However, when I move my nose, it's complete pressure in a different spot, which indicates to me, that, thankfully, that the inflammation is, continues to go down, but it's still there. And it still bothers me. And it probably bothers me even more so now because of the news that I got on Friday. Let me paint the picture for you. And if this doesn't sound like repetitive, I don't know what does because Mr. Joe has been here, done that, and has already complained and already been scared to death about this situation. And yes, it's probably going to work out, but I cannot for. I really can't foresee a situation in which any of this will be positive or good. But let's hope for the best. Friday is here, or Friday passed, and I'm on the phone with one of my partners at work. Uh, this woman actually happens to be based out of a completely different state, but we're on in an eight-hour day. I'd spend, we, I'd say we spend about two or three hours together most days, usually through uh, a phone call, most often through a video chat. And we do our thing. So I had my coworker on the phone and we're going through some of the uh, issues that we've had at work. And my cell phone rings and I see it's my wife calling from home. And I ignore it because I'm in the midst of a meeting. And I say to myself, this is strange. You know, she never calls from home. Why is she calling from home and not her cell phone? I didn't think anything of it until it rang again from the house. And this time now I said, oh, something must be going on. But you know what? I'm in the middle of something. And I declined it, sent it right to voicemail. Um, and it wasn't done in a mean way. It was just done in a way that, hi, honey, I'm busy. You know, you get the point. She knows when I'm doing something and I can't answer. Um, so then the text message comes through. And for those of you who have seen this kind of text message before, you'll know exactly what I'm referring to. The words say, can you call me back, please? <laughs> well, you know, it's very different from, hey, babe, how's your day going? Hey, babe, give me a call when you get a chance. Hey, babe, I miss you. Call me back, please. So I say to my partner, I'm going to have to call you back. 
And I pick up the phone and I call my wife and her words are, I don't know how this happened, babe. I don't even know what to say or what to do. She's like, but we we had our health insurance canceled. So I said, what the hell are you talking about, our health insurance? What, what do you, now, I'm paying out of pocket tremendous amount of money to have my old benefits from my old place of employment. And you all know how miserable I was when I was without benefits. And I finally felt at ease over the last couple of months. Three children, a fourth on the way, a pregnant wife, a bad implant, cat scans up the gazoo. I mean, thank God I had insurance. Well, apparently, when we made our last payment, which was November 9th, Essentially, it was for October. And we were in the, under the impression that our next payment, we had a 30-day grace period, which would bring us to December 9th. So on December 7th, my wife, happy and jolly, she signs on to the website, goes to make the payment, and all of a sudden, when she clicks next, a message comes up and says, we cannot authorize this payment. Your benefits have been canceled due to non-payment. Apparently, somehow, some way, December 1st was considered to be the 30-day grace period. How, I don't know. I, none of it makes any sense to me. But I will tell you this, is they will not budge, not even a little bit. And I called my former employer, who did everything. And I know so, because I saw a chain of emails that was sent to me. Did everything in their power to try to get me back coverage. And they don't care. They don't want to hear it. And they said the best that they could do is look at an appeal letter. Now, that could take up until 30 days. <laughs> so here's what it comes down to. This is bad enough, but what we found out was technically the entire month of November, all those doctors, the CAT scan, the tests, the sonograms, everything that we did where we thought we had coverage, well, guess what? We didn't have coverage. So any payments that were made by our insurance company to a doctor or a dentist, um, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that um, we're going to owe a lot of money. A lot of money. Now, I will say this. My current employer is doing everything imaginable for me. They were even going to backdate my health insurance to November to get me coverage. Uh, but unfortunately, because it's 60 days and I started on September 4th, that would be November 4th, and they have to do it till the next first day of the month. Uh, it, it's a disaster. So I'm going to be stuck with the November bills. God only knows what that's going to cost. And then unfortunately, my health insurance with my employer is astronomical. Absolutely astronomical. So we're in a bit of a bad place. And, and listen, many of you may be sitting out there saying, man, I don't even have health insurance. What is this guy, you know, moaning and groaning about? Well, you know how Mr. Joe is. You're very aware of Mr. Joe and his thought process and how I look towards the future, and everything, I, everything I, I, that I see in the future, it just appears to be very dismal, dismal. No real good outcomes. 
And combine the fact now with, again, whether it's clinical, reactive, I don't know what it is, okay? The fact that every morning has been a complete disaster in terms of my ability to get up and function. First of all, my sleep is absolutely out of control during the nighttime in terms of... You would think that a person who's depressed would be able to sleep all night long through the night. No, that doesn't apply to Mr. Joe. No way, no how. He's up all night long, you know, whether I got Mickey crying, because now he's pulling this nonsense, like not once, but twice in the middle of the night. And it used to be real easy. I would go in, you know, one thirty would be his, uh, you know, whether it's a dream or whatever. I walk in, he screams and cries because he sees it's not my wife who's going to pick him up and take him out of the crib and take him into the bed. He sees it's daddy and he knows that he's not going anywhere. But, you know, I pick him up, he sits in my arms, I hug him, I kiss him, time to go back to bed, honey, goodbye, walk out. And then we're usually good till like five, six in the morning. But lately he's been waking me up twice, you know, one thirty, two thirty. Last night, I couldn't take it. I really couldn't. I turned to my wife. I said, I know it's only 2.30 in the morning. I said, and I should be going back in there and getting him back to bed because the last thing we want to do is get into the habit of bringing this child into our bed. I said, but I can't function. I said, you got to go get him. You got to go get him. And she did, and he slept with us from 2.30 on. And that's not a good thing. We definitely don't want to get into that habit. Thank goodness it's the first time we did something like that. But... He's smart enough to know. He's going to give it a shot again tonight. So in terms of sleeping, two things are going on. One, I'm being woken up woken up all night by my son. I don't sleep well to begin with. And then on top of that, last night, where this came from, I have absolutely no clue. But I was drooling all over my pillow all night. And I know that sounds ridiculous. But the drool that was pouring out of my mouth actually kept waking me, and I just don't understand why it was happening and what was going on. I really don't. And I wake up, and each day is worse than the last in terms of my appearance. I don't give a crap about it. I really, really don't. You know, I am a, I am a guy who, I walk around with a shaved head now, okay? And I think it's more of a laziness thing for Mr. Joe. I've been doing this for quite some time. I don't want to style my hair. I don't care about it. Um, I like the bald look. It's easy. It fits my face. It works. But one of the things that comes along with the with the bald look is the fact that you got to do it. You got to shave it. You know, otherwise you you know you look like a little uh, I don't know what are those things called that grow the hair uh, little the chia pets. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that, but you know I'll wake up certain days if I go long enough I look like a a human chia pet. And so I make sure every couple of days I got this real easy, convenient hand buzzer, just zoop, you know, wireless right over the head. Takes about 10 minutes to buzz. I haven't given a crap about it. Now, finally, I did it this morning. How I had the energy to do it is beyond me, but I did it. I did it because I really could not even bear to look at myself anymore in that mirror. I really, really couldn't. Uh, You know, on top of that, my appearance... I'm exhausted. I'm absolutely, utterly exhausted. I have no energy. And I'll even tell you this. Yesterday, when I came home, my wife 
was not working. So we had a uh, situation in which, in which Mr. Joe was getting home, okay, at a decent time right after work, and my wife would be home, and we had the whole night together. And you would think that I would look forward to that night. While I certainly did, I, I felt like I couldn't function, everybody. You know that feeling when you're depressed and you just can't even talk? You know, and your laugh is like a fake laugh, like, hey. You know, you, you can't even, you don't even have the energy to laugh at something that deserves to be laughed at. You know, last night, I mean, I walked around, I moped around that house, blamed it on my tooth, because essentially that's part of it. You know, this is why I'm so upset and so depressed, because the pain is back, even though it's not in the area that I thought, it's just not gone and something's wrong. And of course, now I have no insurance. So that was what I wanted to explain before. One of the reasons why it's got me even more bent out of shape is because now if something does go wrong, well, what the hell am I going to do? can't go to my dentist. I have no insurance. So, you know, I use that as an excuse, but I really had that hopeless, helpless feeling last night, and it scared the living daylights out of me. It really did. It's, it's, a, it's a horrible, disturbing feeling when you just, you know, you feel like you just can't go on. And I'm at the point now where I feel like there's never any good news. And I know, again, I'm moaning and groaning and things could be worse. But, you know, you ever get to that point in your life where you turn around and you just say, when is there going to be something positive? And I get it. Yes, everybody's healthy for the most part, uh, except for me. Um, (laughs) um, You know, we have a roof over our head. We all have jobs. Everybody's happy, yada, yada, yada. But man, oh, man. How many more damn things could go wrong? And it almost feels like you get teased with the fact that this medical insurance, you all know out there, our podcast family, you know how much this hurt me, how worried I was. And I know you care. I do. I know out there you care. You care. While you may not always understand what I'm talking about or Never had the experiences that I'm talking about. For example, an implant. I know you care. I do. I know by your emails. I know by the fact that you're still listening. And I know it's, it's, it's sometimes interesting to hear somebody else's other side or their perspective on life and the things that they're going through and following along. And I know with me, I would at least hope that I could be along for the ride and experience the good news as the podcast producer or presenter was ready to share that good news. But I don't know, as of recent, man, I got nothing good to bring to the table. Nothing good. This is supposed to be Mr. Joe's bipolar podcast where we try to be motivating and, you know, talk to our our, our fan base and get you to understand that this is a disorder that we can beat to some extent. It'll never go away, but damn it, we can, we can overrule this bipolar disorder. And when Mr. Joe comes on to a podcast episode and talks about all the nonsense that's going on in his life, all the things that have him bent out of shape, all the things that are going wrong in his life, and on top of that, the fact that I am completely, utterly depressed out of my mind, I don't know. I don't know how good this is. I don't know how good this is for my 
for my podcast family. At the very least, at least I know that those of you who are going through similar feelings as I am right now, at least in terms of your depression, at least you have somebody out there that can relate to you and that you can relate with. So I think that's a positive sign at the very least. Um, But I tell you, it's amazing when you get into this rut of depression, how difficult it is to do anything. I I don't want to go to a gym. I don't want to eat properly. You know, and that's a problem with Mr. Joe. It's like when one thing goes wrong, it's almost like misery deserves company. You know, the implant's bad. The insurance is bad. You know what? Screw it. Let's just give up. Don't go to the gym. Don't eat your lunch. Don't sleep properly. Don't do your work well. Screw it. Because everything in life stinks. So you might as well just... You know, engage in all the stinky things and make your life even worse. That's ultimately what Mr. Joe has ended up doing over the course of the last few days. And um, I'm waiting. I'm desperately waiting for that mania to kick in. And I know it's not, that's not the right advice either to give everybody. I don't want to give that advice. But man, I get it. I understand it now. I understand for those of you who are medicated, who are no longer experiencing those mood swings and grateful for it, because I definitely am, but I completely understand missing the hypomania. Because when you're hypomanic, even things like this can be overlooked. And a lot of times we can see the good or the positive outcomes in the things that may be terribly horrible in front of our faces at the moment. But because our brains have shifted into a hypomanic state of mind, well, you know what? We could tackle the world. We can tackle the world. Now, of course, the, the, um, the come down is usually a harsh dose of reality that... You know, hits you right in the face, and then you you just can't understand where you even need to turn. But longing for that hypomania is something that, quite honestly, although I haven't reported on it a whole lot over the last month or so, I have to tell you that Mr. Joe is really longing for that hypomania. And here's what's even sicker, is because I was so depressed yesterday and really last night and by the way the way I describe my depression as it starts in the morning it gets better throughout the day and I'm fine at the nighttime that wasn't the case yesterday I was depressed all day long all day long people at work had to know they absolutely had to know there's no doubt about it based on the simple fact that a three or four people asked me if I was okay somebody unless you got you know I don't know a, a, a scar across your face, or you're walking around in a cast, or you, you came in with, you know, a, a bloody nose, or you got a cold, you can't talk. I mean, pre- presenting on the surface, I thought everything was fine. And my nose wasn't running, I wasn't coughing, I didn't have a broken leg. I just came in as Mr. Joe. But for four people to say, are you okay? That's, that means it's written all over your face. So I went home, and that, that dreaded, hopeless feeling continued well into the nighttime hours. 
And here's what's interesting. Is a chain reaction occurred in my mind. Such an inappropriate chain reaction. But one in which I'm proud to say that I did not follow through with. But here's the chain reaction. Well, Mr. Joe, you have no coverage. Medical insurance is gone. You are seeking hypomania. If this continues with your medical coverage, which, by the way, let's be realistic. With a baby on the way, three kids and a pregnant wife, somehow, someway, i got to get myself insurance. So this is not going to continue for much longer. But in the brain of a wackadoo, the chain reaction goes, you have no insurance, which means you can't get medicine, which means you are craving hypomania and you don't have it. So the only way to get hypomania, Mr. Joe, is, hey, stop taking your medicine. Give it a shot. See what happens. Maybe that'll give you just the little spark that you need. Now, it's not drugs. It's not drugs. You're not snorting anything up your nose to get you motivated, to get you going, to make you you know, productive at whatever you choose to do. You're simply eliminating a pharmaceutical medication to alter the chemistry of your brain and make you hypomanic, which ultimately will probably lead into you sitting on a computer and shopping at Amazon for all your Christmas gifts that have probably already been bought, and now you order 7,000 things to the house, most of which you don't need, if not all of which you don't need. And... Quite honestly, maybe even taking it a step further and going out and drinking and going out and do drugs. Because now you got no, you don't care about consequences. You don't care. Because now you're off your medicine. Things are okay. You'll get past it. You're smart enough. You could work it out. You've always been successful. Be hypomanic and get through it. Until, of course, that day comes, that dreaded day when everything just goes downhill. And now you're back into depressive bipolar mode. So that was my thought process all along. And ultimately, the thought process of becoming back into depressive mode, even worse so than I already felt at the time, is what convinced me not to come off my medication. And I wish to God, guys, that there was a different reason as to why I decided not to come off my medication. But ultimately, which I don't know if it's a good or a bad one, The reason should be you're a complete moron if that's what's entered into your mind and you would never be so dumb as to even consider that. That's what the answer should be. But I really had to go through the chain of events and the process and the thought process and the ultimate consequences, which ultimately would have been completely and utterly depressed, worse than I even was, for me to turn around and snap myself out and say, whoa, yo, take your medicine. Don't even go there. Don't even go there. I mean, I I even started to, and I don't know if any of you can relate to this sick thought process, but I even thought of how it would actually feel stopping my medication on a daily basis and how I would progress towards that hypomania. Almost like a drug addict thinks, if that makes any sense at all. You know, like, let's say, when you're sober, 
and you know you're going to do drugs, okay? For those of you who have been down this road before, there's a couple of things that happen. And we'll use cocaine as an example. It pretty much can happen with anything. But with Mr. Joe, just so you know, if I had a plan to go get cocaine, the first moment that that, that that plan entered into my mind and I had confirmation that it was going to happen, you better believe that there should be a bathroom nearby. You better believe it. Because if not, I'm going to poop in my pants. I'm telling you right now. And, and for those of you who could understand, I need, I need to say no more. But for those of you who can't, is the pure excitement, the joy... The anticipation of snorting such a disgusting substance up my nose gets a person so excited and anxious in a good way, ultimately a bad way, that they have to have a bowel movement. And there were times where Mr. Joe would be on his way to meet his drug dealer or after meeting his drug dealer and finding a place to go do the drugs, either one, where I would have to stop in a bathroom, on the way, run into a local, you know, store of some sort that, you know, I could hide and just walk in and nobody knows that. I'm, I'm not talking about the local pizzeria where you walk in and they're like, well, where the heck is he going? He didn't order anything. I'm talking about Walmart or whatever. You walk in, nobody cares what you do. And you go and you sit down and you take a poop because in five minutes, you're going to be snorting. Now, Along those lines is kind of what Mr. Joe thought about from a medicine perspective and how I would anticipate the days leading up to the ultimate feeling of hypomania. Completely eliminating the fact that after hypomania with Mr. Joe, you know, the, um, the common pattern is always from hypomania to complete mania, which is, you know, a lot of times results in a hospitalization. Bipolar 1, let's face it, everybody, our manic episodes, not hypomanic, our manic episodes, one in which Mr. Joe had back in 2009, who knows, I forget dates, everybody, but, you know, manic episode to, to, the, to the extent that Mr. Joe had it where it goes on for days and days and the damage that you're doing and the fights that you're causing and the pain that you're instilling on others, the screaming, the yelling, the drugs, the drinking, um, just a complete manic maniac, ultimately a lot of times ends up as a hospitalization. So really, if you want to look at this with a fine-tooth comb, stopping my medication has a lot of horrible downfalls to it, you know, with one very simple one that would appear to be a positive for the time being, and God only knows how long that would last. You know, and then throw in the fact that you're going to have with... Listen, I'll tell you right now, if Mr. Joe is thinking about stopping medication to, to summon a hypomanic episode, I'll tell you right now, I am not about to wean off properly, because that's going to take time, and I have no patience for that kind of time. And then I may not feel the hypomanic episode when I expected to feel it. So all this talk is ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. And, and what it makes me wonder is why with bipolar disorder, those of us who are medicated and doing well, why in the world, in God's name, 
do we want to come off our medications so often? I just don't understand it. I really don't. And and I think I should because I just kind of summarized it all. (laughs) Um, You know, but I I shouldn't say I don't understand it. I, I should say as much as I understand it, it still doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would a person who can look in the past and see all the the destruction and the damaged relationships based on the fact that they were not medicated would even consider going back to that place again. And you want to know what it comes down to? Here's what it comes down to, especially with us bipolar, quote-unquote, wackadoos who are also addicts. We will do just about anything, no matter how far-fetched it is, to achieve and obtain that high that we so much long for, that we seek relatively all the time, whether it's drug-induced, alcohol-induced, hypomanic-induced, whatever it might be, we are seeking a mind alteration constantly. And we forget about the horrible things that took place because the only thing our mind can think about is how good it once felt when it was in that state of mind. Man, I felt good on that cocaine. I got to get there again. Man, you remember that time when I was hypomanic and everything was working well and I wrote six books, all of which amounted to nothing. And um, I sang seven songs and wanted to produce them. But you know what? I just I, I decided not to call the uh, record label company and just I said, you know what? I'll be a YouTube um, fanatic, uh, and I'll get myself on YouTube, and I'll have seven zillion listeners and followers and views. And before you know it, you can't even pick up a microphone, let alone tape yourself doing anything, because you're laying in bed and you're so completely distraught and depressed because the hypomania has passed. Because that's what bipolar is. It's a series of up and down, mood swings, manic-depressive, to, to refer to it as an old school terminology of manic depression. You know, that's, that's essentially what it is. But again, us bipolar people, especially those of us who are addicts or former addicts or you know, ongoing addicts who are clean, we are always looking for a way to obtain that high. And I'll tell you this right now, and here's what it comes down to. If Mr. Joe is going to stay sober... And I'm not going to get high, and I'm not going to smoke marijuana, and I'm not going to snort cocaine, and I am not going to take opiates, and I'm not going to shoot heroin to achieve that high. Well, then guess what? I'm still going to start to think about achieving that high through what God gave me as what some would refer to as a gift, and that's my bipolar disorder. Because that gift not only allows me to be creative and happy and romantic and outgoing and passionate and, you know, conversational and all those things, it allows me to feel good without putting a single thing into my body. I don't have to inject anything. I don't have to swallow anything. I don't have to do any of that. It just happens because I have bipolar disorder. And I can become hypomanic at the drop of a dime. And when you're on medication, unfortunately, or fortunately, (laughs) those moments are far and few in between, if happening at all. So we long for those mood shifts. We long for that hypomania. 
Most important though, we have to remember and keep in mind that no matter how good that hypomania might feel, whatever goes up must come down. In closing, I'd like to say if you are living with a mental illness and you're doing well, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness or a drug addiction for that matter, I ask that you continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness or a drug addiction, I ask that you continue to fight, continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you so much for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Everybody have a great day. I'll talk to you again real soon.